Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello there. Welcome. This is Better Make It Quick. Thanks for being here. This is the quick version of Better Than Yesterday, which is a podcast that I've been doing since 2013, which is where I'm just trying to help make your day-to-day better than yesterday. Every conversation I have, whether it be with a guest or with you, is just trying to do that. I'm Osher. I'm a TV host. I'm an author. I'm a dad. I'm a stepdad. I'm a podcaster. I'm currently sitting in a car park of a a supermarket on the outskirts of Canberra because, to be honest, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and... um, by the time you hear this, we'll be lobbying politicians to get more bicycle lanes in the world, or well, at least the Australian world. Uh, so yeah, why should fossil fuel lobbyists have all the fun? I'm going to come and lobby for some bicycle infrastructure. Uh, today, we're going to talk to Mia Friedman. Uh, she's a legend of the Australian publishing industry. She's co-founder and chief creative officer of Mamma Mia, the extraordinary women's media company, a titan in the industry. And this is a conversation from 2017, the second time that I had Mia on the podcast. Uh, We recorded this episode in her purpose-built podcast studio. Now, at the time, Mia had just released a book called Work Strife Balance. And I I wondered if she was ever going to be able to actually have work-life balance while she was writing the book. Oh my God, I didn't. I didn't. I've got pie charts at the end of it and it's got, you know, a pie chart of work-life balance. And literally when, when I, you know, the, the sliver between the life section and the work section, the balance is different depending on different times in my life. And when I was writing this book, there was literally no life. It was all work. And my kids got upset. My husband rolled his eyes. I neglected the business. I neglected my friendships. I... It was incredibly grueling, but that's all right because that's life. Some of the best things and most important things that you'll do, you're not balanced. Like being a parent, there's not a lot of balance in that. There are times when you need to lean into your family. There are times when you need to lean into your mental health. There are times when you need to lean into work. And I think this idea that everything's got to be balanced all the time really is bullshit. And I think for women in particular, it's this ridiculous yet another ridiculous benchmark that we're trying to live up to that's actually impossible. I mean, it's as bad as the thigh gap. No one's balanced. No one's got work-life balance or maybe for like 
six minutes on a Thursday afternoon, one week in March, you know, that's, that's about it. It's something that right now, I mean, I'm at a, this interesting career moment, and certainly as you know, in, in my industry, it's very seasonal work. You take it when it's there. Exactly. Because then it goes away. You know, any audience pan across the crowd at Logies, you're like, oh, that guy, he hasn't done anything for years. You've got to make hay. You've got to. And so when a radio gig came up, like, yes, I absolutely want to do it. So um, so Audrey and I have been really struggling with this, and especially now that Gigi is 13. Because the other thing they don't tell you in the brochure is that your kids need you more as they get older, not less. Well, she pretends she needs us less. Oh, no. She needs quantity time, not quality time, which is annoying because it's for so many of us, so many women particularly slow down their careers until their kids are at school and then go into this second act and then lean into work and then it's like, oh, shit, but my teenager needs me to be around more. That certainly was my experience and no one tells you that. Yeah. They don't necessarily want to have in-depth, like conversations. In fact, that's the last thing that they want, but they just want you to be around. Yeah. Someone, someone told me, um, and I, I said, oh, the conversations are just kind of monosyllabic now. Yeah. And this, uh, this guy, this guy told me, he said, look, yes, they are, but it's important that you're there for her to be annoyed at. So true. You just got to be there for her to go, oh. Someone said, if you, if you want, someone to be happy when you come home during the teenage years, you should buy a dog. (laughs) We've got one. (laughs) Well, they're happy to see you. He loves it. But that doesn't mean it's not important. So I was going to write this book a couple of years ago, but um, my son was doing his HSC and I knew that I couldn't afford to just vacate the family. I needed to be there. I needed to not be consuming all the oxygen in the family. Um, so I delayed it so that I could just be around that year, which is good because I actually found it to be the most confronting, and I, I write a chapter about this in the book, the most confronting difficult year as a parent I've ever had, harder than the newborn years. Well, maybe because you're expecting the newborn years to be hard, but no one told me that the year that your kid leaves school is gut-wrenching. And challenging on so many levels that I never would have expected. Such as? It's a real shift in trying to understand what you are to them. Because my son, like most kids turn 18 in the year that they leave school. So your kid turns 18 and they've left school and suddenly all the infrastructure that has, especially if, if they've pulled away from you in their teen years, which they invariably do, all the infrastructure that has held up your relationship, the rules, the authority, the discipline, the uh, structure of them going to school and you being the parent, it's all gone overnight. Like overnight, it just is gone. Um, you can't ground an 18-year-old, you know. You can't stop them from doing anything. Um, and then when they've left school, you don't even have the school's authority over them that you can kind of hide behind. you got nothing. And I just became incredibly emotional. I I found like, I felt like I was losing him. I felt like I was, I didn't know who I was to him. I didn't know if our relationship, what our relationship would be or if we'd have a relationship. I didn't know that if I wasn't his mother in an authoritarian way, whether he'd even want to talk to me or hang out with me. Did you have a, did you experience a moment where your relationship shifted with your own parents? Um, From child to adult? 
don't know. That's a really good question. I don't know. I think I was, I mean, when I was in year 12, I was dating a guy who was 32, 33 actually, who lived overseas. So my poor parents, that horse had bolted. There wasn't much that they could do. Um, I kind of made that shift from child to adult very much for them. I think that what I noticed with my brother, with my son, which was different to when I was at school, is that there are a lot of rituals now around kids leaving school. There are dinners and there are assemblies and there are events and breakfasts and stuff, and and it, which is awesome. But I cried through all of them. Like it's really, it helped me go through the transition. But I found it so much more emotional than my, any of my kids starting school. Right. Which is when you meant to cry. I cried the whole year pretty much. Like wow. I could barely look at him without crying. Oh. Yeah. How is it now? And I, I wrote about, now it's great. He works here. I can't get away from him. But <laughs> I also wrote about how um, in the book, how people make a lot of, a big deal about the firsts, like the first tooth and the first steps and the first night sleeping through the night and all the first day of school and no one talks about the lasts and the lasts are the things that you don't even see them until they've passed you. Mm. Like the last breastfeed, the last time they'll call for you in the night when they have a nightmare. The last, last time you time, can pick them up. The last time you can pick them up. Oh my God. The last time they'll reach for your hand in the street. And leaving school is a real telegraphed last. So I think that that's one that you can't just accidentally let slip past you. And I think I found myself really grieving because I really, I miss my son at two. I miss my son at five. I miss him at 12 and 13 and 14. All of those people are gone. Like they're gone. And they're replaced with someone who's amazing and I love obviously dearly. But I loved all those other, I'm going to cry now just thinking about it. I loved all those people too. And that's why when I look at, Facebook, you know, it comes up with that memories of three years ago. Oh, the worst. It's the worst. Thank you. Worst I ever. It makes me really upset and I think that's why because I'm like, I miss that little kid from four years ago or five yeah, years ago. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't realise that. So back in 2017, Mia and I, we were both raising teenagers. I'm going to raise another teenager when Wolfie gets that old, but Georgia is, oh, she's still a teenager. Inevitably, Mia and I started talking about technology and how we both use it. It's a little bit like those, you know, those toddler leashes. In some ways, phones are like those leashes mm. because, you know, my husband rolls his eyes sometimes at the constant contact. I'm in with Luca or with now Coco's got a phone. Um, but it, I found that it's really opened up my relationship, not just with my kids, but with my parents, because sometimes a phone call is just too hard and mm. takes too long. Mm. But just being able to pop in and out of each other's lives through mm. the days is a lovely thing. Oh, I've graduated to text. At first it was only Snapchats because that's, oh. that's how she communicates with everyone in her life. So yeah, I can't expect that. her to communicate me with me in a way that she doesn't communicate with anybody but else. But does she want you on Snapchat or not want you on Snapchat because that's kind of like her friend space? Uh, that's why I'm now on text, I think. Yeah. 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 She, occasionally I'll see that she'll um, like an Instagram story of mine or something like that, but, you know, she's in that world and I, you know, I don't, I don't really intrude too much upon that. And that's that. the thing for, for parents is navigating the social media contact that's appropriate with their kids. Mm. And boy, did I mess that up a lot of times. And yeah. we talk so much about parents making social media rules for kids, but kids also need to make them for their parents because it's m things that parents don't realise are embarrassing for kids are actually mortifying. Like I, oh, I remember Luca didn't talk to me for a long time because I, 
did friend requests to a bunch of his friends on Instagram. Oh. And he was like, mum, that's so weird. How could you do that? And I've told you. Or if I've left a comment or a like on one of his posts, horrified. Mm. And you're like, but why? But what? I don't understand. I just gave a thumbs up emoji. Yeah, it's. I, I guess it's the it's the waiting in the car out the front. Yeah, you uh, have to lurk. You can't. You can't school. be visible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with um, you said you know you've you've created this business to uh, to make the world a better place for women and girls. Uh, the last time we spoke on this podcast, Gigi wasn't even in my life. No. I had no idea who she was. Um, and now I've got this 13-year-old girl who's nearly as tall as me um, <laughs> and she wears all her mum's clothes. Um, Does it feel and- like a huge responsibility? Do you feel like you're standing with your arms outstretched between her and the world sometimes? Mm, she's very, very smart. She's a very smart kid and she has quite good boundaries and... Like, for example, she came home from the Easter show the other day, which is like the Echo in Brisbane or the Logla Royal show, like the county fair if you're in the States. And she had this massive stuffed panda. Where'd you get that from? Oh, my friend won it for me because he's really good at basketball and I can't shoot. And in my head, I'm like, you went to the show with four girls. I'm doing all the maths. No, she didn't. And I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, so your friend, so you met a guy there and... He had either offered or you asked him to shoot hoops to win you this big toy. And we all know how many hoops you've got to shoot to win the big toys. Define friend. My well, friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think she's of the age of just like, okay, I got my thing there. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. he's like, <gasps> love struck. Because at the moment, thankfully, the boys that she's going to parties with are still her age and they're all half her size. To be honest, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, it's that age where yeah. they're just they're thirteen. They look like boys. different ages. They've got nothing, but it won't be long. It won't be long at all. Is and she watching Thirteen Reasons Why? Oh, we watched that together. I've started watching it, and I am so horrified. I can't even speak. Should yeah. I keep watching it? I feel um, like it's suicide glamour porn. What was more horrible? I guess useful to me. Um, there's some pretty. I'm not sure you've read about it. There's some very graphic depictions of sexual assault and very graphic depictions of how quickly something can be misconstrued and a no turns into a yes and suddenly someone's having sex and they didn't realise. And so that allowed us as well to have those moments of like to understand like Boys are fucking slugs and they will do that sometimes. So you've got to be so careful. Being able to watch that with her is the biggest gift you could give because I think that, of course, she was going to watch it. Like all the kids are watching it. You can't stop them. She's going to watch it. They've all watched it. They're all watching it. So the fact that you can watch it and talk talk about it with her Mm. is just crucial. She's She's got really good boundaries. Still, thankfully, doesn't realize that guys are checking her out. But that's, that's a beautiful thing. That's, I think that's weeks away from ending. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's funny. I, I write um, also a, a chapter about what you've just said, about that idea of sexual assault. And no, I, I've talked about how this idea of being fearless is really stupid. Like, don't teach anyone to be fearless. Do not teach your kids to be fearless. Yeah. Teach them to be fearful because your fear will save you. Not walking around the world being terrified all the time, but... Fear tries to save our life. Mm. Like there's a good reason to be scared. It's just what you're scared of. Like if you're scared to 
go to a job interview or if you're scared to um, put yourself out there by writing something or creating a, a piece of art, that's not a helpful piece of fear because that's just your fear misguidedly trying to stop you from failing or from from being embarrassed. But they now talk about with, with kids and young people, it's not about stranger danger anymore. It's about, I think they call them funny feelings or something like that. It's about your gut instinct. It's about when something in your stomach goes, uh-uh, this isn't right. Mm. Listen to it yeah. and get out, get away. Yeah. Um, don't be fearless because fearless people are insane. And that, that's really something for me to remember, and I'm, I'm really grateful that Mia shared that. We're going to hear more from Mia Friedman and her thoughts about achieving work-life balance right after these ads. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today we're speaking with Mia Friedman. It's a short version of a longer conversation from a couple of years back. By all means, go back in time and scroll and have a listen to the earlier episode. Mia's a mum, a journalist, a business owner, wife, podcast creator. She's an author. A lot of hats to wear, a lot of juggling. I wanted to know what the core message of, of Mia's book that she'd just written was. The message is that we're all doing our best. Um, we really are. Of course, there are some people who are just terrible parents and terrible people, but I don't think they're the ones lying awake at night worrying that, about their work-life balance and worrying that they're getting it wrong. Um, the core message is that we've got to stop comparing ourselves to other people's highlight reels and their Instagram feeds and uh, what we see once upon a time it used to be comparing yourself to what you see in magazines. Now it's comparing yourself to what you see on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, we have to stop being so tough on ourselves in terms of feeling like we're failing if we don't have work-life balance all the time or feeling like we're failing if we are leaning into work or leaning into home or taking time out. Um, we're all just doing our goddamn best. Um, and some days that'll be good. Some days that won't be very good, but there's another day. I love it. And the final thing I want to ask you about is when I first came to see you at your old office by the water, um, in November of 2013, I used these very microphones to record a podcast with you. And now you have an empire of podcasts. Wow, now we've got a podcast studio. In You're sitting, way ahead of us. Sitting, yes, but I don't have a media company <laughs> to be able to sell my advertising yet. What do you see is the future of podcasting in Australia? I see podcasting as only growing, but I'm seeing a lot of bad podcasts out there. I'm seeing a little bit what happened with the internet where um, 
suddenly everyone thought that they could have a blog, which is so fine. If you just want to do that for creative expression, if you want to make a podcast for creative expression, that's fine. If you want to write a blog for creative expression, go nuts. But if you want an audience, if you want to try to appeal to an audience, it's harder than it looks. It's harder than it seems. And you've got to constantly be thinking about that audience. I'm seeing a lot of people just putting out stuff that they want to put out rather than thinking, is there an audience for this? And again, maybe you don't care if there's an audience for it. Maybe maybe it's just for you and it's a passion project or a side hustle. Awesome. But it's harder than it looks. It's really hard. I mean, it's always been harder than it looks. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people doing women's websites now because they've suddenly discovered women and, and we've been doing it for 10 years. There's a lot of people starting to do podcasts and we got it wrong for a, a number of months before we started to get it right. And we've built our podcast network over the last couple of years. Um, just always think about your audience. Think about who you're making it for. And if the answer is you, go nuts. Be happy about that. What, what do you think about what the public's perception of podcasts will be in two years, five years? Oh, I think most people don't even know what a podcast, really doesn't understand what a podcast is. Isn't that amazing? I mean, we always say... Get, get someone's phone and download mm. the podcast app onto it and show them because they don't really understand. And some mm. people, you know, some of the mums at, at my school will go, oh, I've been listening to this podcast. It's about this murder. I think it's called Serial mm. and they've just discovered it. Brilliant. And they're so excited. Mm. Um, so, yeah, don't, don't go into podcasting thinking you're going to get rich um, <laughs> because it's a very, very crowded market. Yeah. And, and – to do it well takes a lot of time. Yeah. You know, our, our, um, we've got a whole team that works on our podcasts. If you want to hear that full conversation with Mia Friedman, both the time she's been on the show has been really quite inspiring. You'll find it at episode 178. Find her on Instagram at, at Mia Friedman, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Bree Steele, who produced this episode, Rachel Barrett, the executive producer of everything, Andy Ma, who's on audio and video post-production, and Toe who made all the music. Have a good one. I'm going to go and uh, crash in a mate's spare room and wake up in the morning and shake hands with Polly's. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you on Friday. 